This is Legacy Battle. Make sure you hit like and subscribe, whatever you're listening on. I'm Mike Myers, creator of Legacy Battle. My panelist tonight from Gridiron Battle Zone, Brian King. From Steelers Nation South, Rollo Coffin, Penn State Collegiate All-Star, Kevin Adams. We are joined by a, a very special guest tonight. Ranker has him as the 12th greatest all-time bull rider. Um, he's a legend in the sport, a world champion. Uh, he's been a Ram Circuit champion seven times. He has overcome injuries. He even helped film a movie that uh, I'm sure Kevin will mention a little bit later today. Um, he's a 2017 Hall of Fame inductee. We've got Cody Custer here. Cody, thank you so much for joining us. How's it going today, guys? Excellent, excellent. We're 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 honored to to have you here. You're you're one of the goats. You know, you should be on our honorable mentions list here tonight. So, yeah. You bet. Well, I I appreciate that. I don't I don't know if I deserve that, but uh, <laughs> had had a lot of fun and stayed on a lot. So. So tonight's debate is going to be the greatest men's bull rider. Uh, we're talking the best eight seconds in sports here. As always, we're going to have a Q&A after for Cody about his career. Our honorable mentions tonight some, to some guys that just missed the list is Jim Shoulders and Larry Mahan, uh, two very good riders, but they, they just missed our picks tonight as, as who we feel are the GOATs. But we're going to start out with Brian. All right, so I got J.B. Mountie. JB's one of the lighter uh, riders the sport has seen, only 140 pounds, despite being five foot ten. Um, his leg strength, lack of fear, and and just his sheer will—they uh, all rank off the charts. Uh, JB has shown his lack of fear time and time again. He routine, routinely uh, will select the toughest bull that there is in a draw. And he's ridden three-time champion Bull Bushwhacker 13 different times. JB is one of only three riders to last eight seconds on that bull. And another legendary bull, uh, 2012 champion Asteroid, uh, he was able to score a 90-plus point ride on that bull. So truly remarkable. Uh, JB was quoted as saying, if you're going to be the best, you've got to ride the best. So speaking of 90-plus point rides, JB is close to breaking the all-time record for them. And he only rides part-time part now, but he still has a shot. Uh, back in January of 2018, JB reached an impressive milestone, becoming just the third rider to ever reach 500 rides on the Elite Series. JB has won more money than any rider in history. He has topped $7 million in his career. And I haven't even mentioned his accolades yet. 2006 PBR Rookie of the Year. PBR Challenger Tour Champion in 2006 and 2009. PBR World, World Finals Events Champion in 2009 and 2013. And PBR World Champion in 2013 and 2015. So we got a multiple champion. He has the longevity, 500 rides. No one has earned more money than him. And there was no bull that ever scared him. So that's J.B. Mounty. So, Cody, I'm going to come to you here. Uh, obviously, I want your thoughts on JB. Um, but for some of our viewers who may not be real familiar with this sport, is there a difference, him being left-handed? Like, what, what what's the difference between a lefty and a righty in this sport? Uh, there, there's no difference. It's just everybody's got a dominant a dominant hand that they, you know, or they have, you know, maybe have balance, with, balance better with one hand up, up than the other. But it's... There's there's no difference. Everybody's gonna have something there, you know, where they, um, where just dominant hand, I guess. I don't I don't know. Right, right. And so there's there's no advantage. I mean, there's no advantage or disadvantage. Next, 
you know, bulls, bulls do different things. So you're going to get on bulls that go away from your hand. You're going to get on bulls that go into your hand. So it's just basically uh, everybody's got strengths and weaknesses. So there's really no advantage to which hand you ride with, though. And what are your thoughts on JB? Oh, if, if you're, I mean, in the conversation of the, the most daring, um, you know, just just like a, a Titan or a Warrior type guy. That that's the guy. You know, him or Tough Heatman are two of the guys that they they kind of have the same mentality. And you know, there's been a lot of guys with that mentality, but JB was just um, he's kind of a throwback to the old cowboy type guy. Just I don't know. You can't say you can't say enough about that guy's willingness to, to win and um he, he actually he actually fell off some pretty easy bulls and rode some really ranked bulls so i don't know what that i don't know what that means but i just think he i think he rose to the occasion or wanted to rise to the occasion every time you know and so that he was you know, playing to his before, competition yeah and, then, and you know back in my day there was no picking you didn't get to pick your animals so i don't I don't know how many guys would have had that same kind of mentality, but we got on the ones that, you know, if we draw Bodacious or one of those get, you know, one of the bulls that were kind of a dangerous, scary one, you get on, you get on and you, you know, you put all your heart into it. So, so it's hard to really compare that mentality to, to somebody from my era where you didn't get to pick your own bulls too. So, but he's dang sure good guy. And, and, uh, great champion and just phenomenal you know in his in his mind he was he in his mind he was the greatest so it showed up a lot well i'm gonna change up the order here of what we're going here because you mentioned bodacious so we're actually going to go to uh tough heatham in here and uh, i'm representing him tough born in el paso he's a 1997 uh pro rider hall of fame inductee 2016 Bull Riding Hall of Fame, as well as several other Hall of Fames. His awards are numerous, including the 95 PBR World Champion. Um, he was also the president of the PBR from 92 to 2004. Um, so that, that that's kind of cool. I enjoyed seeing that. Um, Three-time PRCA Bull Riding Champion. Um, and, and let's see. So all these Cowboys tonight, like, they're they're great. They're they're all great. There's there's not a lot that separates any of them, to be honest. But what makes Tough stick out, in, in my opinion, here is he had what may be like the greatest ride of all time. I mean, it, that's another debate for itself. But this was against Bodacious, the Bucker, the legendary Bucker. Um, this bull has a sculpture in the History Museum. Uh, he's so famous, nineteen hundred pounds unrideable uh four years in four years he was he was unrideable bucking 127 of 135 riders that's insane numbers there so tough rode him twice failing to remain on him for the eight seconds and then they'd meet a third time in 1993 where uh, where tough would score a 95 near perfect ride it's an incredible ride i know i'm going to post it on here as well as the ride of him his first ride on him, he took a really bad, bad hit to the face. Um, both Dacious nearly killed him. I mean, he, he could have crushed his skull in that first ride. So, I mean, Bodacious's downdraft that he could cause was probably greater than any bull I've, I've ever seen. But so just to, to kind of put this all together here, 
you know, some of the stats, four-time world champion, six Hall of Fames and two Walk of Fames. He's the first bull rider to make a million dollars, and he conquered Bodacious. He's my GOAT. So, Cody, uh, what are your thoughts on Tough? And and you mentioned Bodacious. Yeah, Tough. Tough was a little. He's a couple years older than I than I was. So when I came in, Tough was was already a kind of having success. And um, when I started having success, he was already. I think he won the world in ninety in eighty six. Um, so he was kind of the champ when I came along and started doing well. So I, I've been around him a long time. I always had a um, positive attitude and always. Um, it just—he was a guy that. Well, I, I've known Tough since we were kids. He was kind of a chubby kid, didn't ride very good, kind of pigeon-toed. You, you never thought he would have been, you know, a legendary bull rider if you'd have known him when he was a kid. So it's kind of, kind of, one of those guys that just determined himself to be great. It, it wasn't—it wasn't from natural ability or anything like that. It's just he just decided he was going to be a great bull rider some point in life and he then he had a great career so he wouldn't have been a guy that you had picked to be in the conversation of the greatest ever but on the backside of his career dang sure one of the guys that i respect in in the arena for what he did and how great he was i mean and when your name is tough you got to be a bull rider right i mean that's yeah that's just the perfect first name yeah his name his name's richard but he got he got a nickname tough because he smashed his hand in the in the car door and never said anything. So they start calling him tough. So that's nice. the, that's the story I heard anyway. <laughs> well, let's move There's on. There's some to other his, nicknames oops. for him. There, he's got some yeah. other nicknames for him that I can't talk about right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's move on to our next rider, and uh, you know, definitely a, a great pick, deserved pick, but also a sentimental pick. Uh, go ahead, Kevin. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to talk about Lane Frost. Uh, unfortunately, had a very short career, um, but uh, he started out pretty young when he was 10 years old. Uh, he had won his first rodeo award at the Little Buckaroos Rodeo uh, for calf riding, so he started out pretty young. Um, he uh, went to Oklahoma for high school, and he became the bull riding champion of the state in 81, and then became the champion of the first youth national uh, finals in 82 then after that he became pretty much full-time with the professional rodeo cowboys association uh bull riding in 82 in 87 he became the prca world champion bull rider at just the age of 24 um he also rode a bull named red rock which i feel was a little bit more intense than bodacious because in uh, uh 309 attempts nobody successfully rode that bull so in 88 uh, a tournament called Challenge of the Champions basically was a, a, a show that went went around, did seven shows. It was between the two champions of 87. So it was Frost versus Red Rock. Frost ended up riding that bull seven times, and he completed four successful rides on that bull out of the seven um, after a previous 309 attempts. So more intense than uh, Bodacious, I feel. Um, he went on to compete at the 88 uh, Rodeo Challenge Cup which was part of like the Olympic uh, Olympics. It was like an association with the Olympics uh, in Calgary in 88. Um, in 89, unfortunately, uh, he was at the Cheyenne Frontier Days event and a bull named Taking Care of Business 
uh, had struck him after um, Frost had dismounted, um, pushed him against the ground, um, breaking several of his ribs, which would later puncture his heart. Um, and then he was pronounced deceased uh, at the age of 25. Um, in 1990, he was inducted into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame. Red Rock, the bull that he conquered four out of seven times, uh, he was also inducted to the same Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame. Uh, 2008, he was inducted into the Rodeo Hall of Fame. 2017, inducted into the Bull Riding Hall of Fame. But I feel like Frost has the best legacy here out of who we're talking about today. So since 96, the PBR was has awarded the Lane Frost Brent Thurman Award, given to the highest scoring ride at the PBR World Finals. So he has the, the, the highest scoring uh, award named after him. Lane Frost Health and Rehabilitation Center was dedicated to his memory. Uh, after his death, one of his traveling partners created that protective vest that bull riders have to wear. And it was mandated in 96 uh, that they have to wear it while they ride. There's been numerous songs named after, or not named after him, but dedicated to him, done in his honor. Some from Garth Brooks, Corn, Kings of Leon, to name a few. Uh, there's also a documentary about him. Then who can forget the movie Eight Seconds uh, based on his life, Luke Perry. Um, Stephen Baldwin, Renee Zellweger made an appearance in that movie, um, and then Ranker had listed him number one of all time. So I feel like his legacy's out there, awards named after him. Some of the roles have changed with the PBR because of, of um, his accident, so I feel like he leaves a bigger legacy here today. And Cody Custer was in that movie as well, doing the, some of yep. the bull riding, so... Cody, yeah, uh, big, you know... Big honor. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm... I'm sure you knew him well. Uh, obviously, his career ended too early. Just w what could have been is something we're all going to wonder. Uh, he put up a legendary status just in his short time period, though. Yeah, that that's the whole thing. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what his the fullness of his career. If he is able to, you know, have a have a long career, what he would have done. Lane was a little bit like he he was. He, he reminded me a little bit of, of JB. He built a lot like JB, kind of had the same kind of style and a little bit fragile like JB. And just, you know, it's it's unfortunate that we lost Lane because he was really a, a great ambassador for the sport and, and really cared about people. He was a good human, you know. And, and on top of his bull riding career, to me, that makes me more more proud of that I was able to know the guy and, and and be a friend with him and stuff that he was, you know, he was a great human being. And so, uh, yeah, in the conversation of the greatest ever, I don't, you know, we don't know. So he, he was, he won the world title and um, struggled through some stuff in his, in his riding. And, and he was back on track, the, you know, when he got killed, he, I don't know where he ended up. He might've won second or third at Cheyenne that day, but, but uh, he got third. Yeah. He was, he was back on track to be, you know, to be kicking butt again and just, just very unfortunate deal. And Lane was, Lane won the world in 90, in 87. And that was the first year I made the national finals. So he's kind of, he's a few years older than me and kind of a guy I look, looked up to and, and really cherished his friendship. Good dude. And I, I still talk to his mom and dad um, quite often. Actually Clyde's birthday was the other day. And then tomorrow is actually the, the, um, anniversary of Lane's death, um, uh, July 30th. So that's, uh, it's a little emotional. That, that's actually the same. My dad, my dad passed away in 2018 on July 30th. So kind of a, I don't know, 
it, it's an emotional time right now because I, th- I think every guy that was a bull rider when Lane got killed contemplated why, why, what, how, all that. Am I really going to be a bull rider? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it, it was, yeah. uh, he was a hero to everybody and, and really, nah, not just a hero. He's like, he was a friend to everybody. He, he was a guy that really cared about people. So anyway, if you have, if you haven't seen that movie, everybody check it out. Eight seconds. Good film, worth the watch. Let's move on to our final rider. Go ahead, Rollo. I got Ty Murray, nicknamed the King of Cowboys. He was riding calves by the age of eight, and he was helping his pops Butch break wild horses and winning his first rodeo in grade school. Around that same time, in third grade, a teacher asked uh, Ty, uh, what do you want to do with your life? And young Ty said, I want to break Larry Mahan's record. Mahan had, at the time, had six world World all-around world titles at that time. Uh, he joined the Professional Rodeo uh, Cowboy Association at the same time, was part of the National Intercollegiate Rodeo Association while attending Odessa College, killing killing records at while at the school. He was the PRCA overall and bareback rookie of the year in 1988 while qualifying for the National Finals Rodeo in all three qualifying events, the first to do it since Larry Mahan in 1973. At age 20, he became the youngest the youngest rodeo rider ever to win the PRCA uh, World Championship and NIRA title the same year. At age 23, he was the youngest, <clears throat> youngest millionaire in rodeo history, and in 1992, he became a founding member of the Professional Bull Rider, which is known as the PBR. Uh, in 1997, Murray did what he said back in third grade, and he broke Larry Mahan's record, earning his seventh all-around world championship. Uh, when Mayhan was inducted into the Rodeo Hall of Fame, he gave Ty an autographed uh, trophy buckle. In 2000, the King of Cowboys was inducted into the Rodeo Hall of Fame. He's the co-founder, one of the co-founders of the PBR. He was on Dancing with the Stars. He co-wrote a song with Jewel. Uh, that's one of, one of her albums. Uh, he's a seven-time uh, PRCA All-Around Champ and two-time PRCA Bull Riding Champ. He's in 11 different Hall of Fames for bull riding. I think this is the guy, greatest of all time. Cody, outside of the 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 riding world, I'm going to have to say Ty Murray is probably the most known. Uh, the Dancing with the Stars, being married to the the superstar and Joel. People outside of the the, the bull riding world know him. Um, does that make him maybe seem a little greater than what his stats are, or is he that good? No, I mean, Ty, I've known Ty since he was little, and he's always been a winner. He's all, you know, like, that's, he had his goal set. He had that on his mind, and he went and did what he was going to do. So, I mean, you, you put him, it, as far as a uh, great all-around all cowboy, that you can't argue with that. But the, the bull riding, I mean, there, there's lots of guys that are in the conversation, in my mind, ahead of Ty being the great, you know, being the greatest bull rider ever. But, uh, yeah, great, like a great all-around cowboy and represented the, the sport well, kind of like Larry Mahan, crossed over into, you know, probably brought new fans in because of his uh, stuff that he did outside the arena. But, yeah, just, I don't know, you can't you can't say anything about that. That guy was, that guy was, uh, he was a, a machine, all, all three riding events. And nobody knows this, but he roped. He actually could rope pretty good too when he was a kid. So, 
Well, we'll, we'll see if mainstream wins in our vote. Let's move into our vote, guys. Cannot pick your own. Uh, Brian, you're in my corner. Who are you taking? Uh, this is uh, this is actually pretty tricky. You uh, guys brought up a lot of good stuff. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, tough though. Um, I that that rivalry there with Bodacious was uh, very impressive. So I'm gonna go with him. Kevin. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with tough too. Rollo? Yeah, I got to go with tough. <clears throat> wow. Okay. Pressure on me here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like Ty Murray. Um, I, I wish Frost would have got more time. You know, it's hard for me to vote for someone as the GOAT when they did it for such a short time period. And he may be the best, like, as far as just in that time period for sure, but I just wish he had some more time. And so I'm going to go with Ty. How about you, Cody? Who would you take as your greatest? Is are we talking about guys we talked about, or do I go outside that? Well, how about the guys we talked about, and then if you want to go outside that, give me one. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm gonna say, I'm gonna probably say JB Mooney. Okay. Um, if that's you know in the conversation of the guys we talked about, JB would be my pick. And then who who would be your your goat otherwise? Uh, you know, I go back to the era from. Jim Jim Sharp was Jim Sharp was Sharp. the guy that over a career there was nobody better. Um, you know he he just he did one thing and he did did it well and their bull riding was pretty simple to him and he kept he kept it simple. So yeah, in in my mind, Jim Sharp of of a guy that I saw his whole career that that's the guy that in my mind is the greatest ever. Okay. So a win for Tough Heat and tonight. Let's move into our Q&A. Um, I got the win, so I get first question. Um, oh, geez, I got like five of them here, but let me pick a good one. Uh, let's see. Okay, let, let's, uh, let, let's go here. Um, CBN, they did uh, Cody Custer, A Cowboy's Tale. Um, I was very impressed. I really enjoyed listening to that. Tell, tell us how your faith has, has helped you overcome your addictions. Uh, that's something we like to ask athletes when they come on. It's a, a very important part of our show and, and life in general for people. Well, I, um, you're talking about the, the what is it, Cowboys? I've done so many. I've <laughs> yeah, it was so a CBN uh, radio thing, Cody Custer's A Cowboy's Tale. Um, yeah, just I mean, that whole deal was – that deal was back way long before I, I mean, I, I wouldn't call myself an, having an addiction problem, but um, I just, from the time I was a kid, I, I knew God in, you know, I, I, I just knew him and I think we all do at some point, but I think the, the world kind of jades us and we stray away. But, uh, You know, I relied on my faith a lot just because I I could go I could go that I would find that I would find my place of of getting inside myself through my faith and and through time spent you know in prayer and just getting getting with myself here. So I part of my ride every time I um, went forward in in a more of a um, commitment to the Lord felt like my my riding went to a different level. So I do a lot of bull riding schools and I share a lot. I share a lot with, with kids about that, but I, I don't, 
I don't think, I think a lot of people get, um, kind of use their faith as a, as a, uh, vantage point or whatever. And I, I try to, I try to keep that from being what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just living your life, being a great human being to other people and, and, and spending time talking, you know, talking to the Lord, listening and, and just being being a good human because bull riding careers don't last very long, even if you have a long career. And so in my mind, what I'm doing with these young guys is I'm training them to, to be a great human being and then also be a great bull rider. And so I don't know, my faith my faith is a big part of my big part of my life. And, um I don't know, I just everything revolves around that. So I don't know. I keep talking about that, but I'm, I'm, my relationship with Jesus started in, in, uh, I think it started long before this, but I, in 1980, uh, 1983, I made a decision and then started walking it out in about 1988. And basically, uh, Jeff, Jeff Crockett's a friend of mine that got killed in 1988. And then, um, I made some, I made some, pretty good decisions after Jeff got killed and then of course Lane got killed. So those, those things that uh, are, you know, kind of meant to be bad, they kind of turn out to be good in a lot of people's lives. And so I think, I think Lane and his story and, you know, his mom and dad, um, they talked about his faith, Lane's faith. He made a decision before he got killed. So it's, I think it's touched a lot of people and affected a lot of people in the in and around the rodeo world so faith's really important we'll, we'll go rollo kevin bryan well you said earlier that back in your day you you guys didn't choose your your the bull you rode so how did you go into preparing not knowing what you were going to be writing how did you go in preparing what was your your regimen going into uh to a, a ride well there's the foundation of bull riding is is basically riding the shoulders of the animal and because wherever the shoulders go the rest of the animal's going to go so in my mind i had one thing on i had one thing on my mind and that's to get to one spot over the top of the shoulders and and stay there and when you get out you get out of that place you know that athletic position get right back there so i didn't really I kind of liked it when I didn't know what they were going to do because then I wouldn't set a trap. You know, I wouldn't, my mind wouldn't start, you know, trying to outthink the bull instead of just doing one thing and get and riding the animal for what he was, what he was doing. You know what I'm saying? That that's, so I think, I think too many guys get caught up in uh, the turns and all that stuff. And it, for me, it was just one thing, just get, get straight forward to the, you know, on top of the shoulders, and be in an athletic strong position in the jump because when they jump they're pushing with their hind feet so it's always a always a forward movement they're always trying to get out from under you so to me i didn't my preparation was um you know stretch really good get ready get your mind ready and then when that gate opened you get one place you get to the strong place and try to get there every jump so i i didn't really I'm kind of glad we didn't get to pick them because you kind of had to be, you just kind of had to be a rounded bull rider and, and, and not, 
not think about what what the bull might do because there was a lot of times we get on bulls we didn't know so but i don't know i was never in that situation so maybe i would have really liked it too i don't know <laughs> so talking about uh the bulls and not knowing which one you rode so which bull that, uh, throughout your career would you say was was the scariest or the hardest like what was your the bull that everyone wanted to like avoid the most well i mean you there's Bodacious, of course, was one that I didn't like him just because I thought he was a cheap shot. I, I I didn't think he was he played fair, you know. He'd kind of get squatted back down in that shoot, kind of have the jump on you, and then he was dangerous anyway. So I I didn't I got on him one time, and I was glad I never got on him more than that. But um, there there's a lot of bulls out there that were really undesirable, but. We rode bulls for a living. That that's the whole that in my mind, that's the difference between the the guys that are the champions and the guys that aren't. Is the guys that are the champions are they're bull riders. There's the other guys that ride bulls, but you know, in my in my mind, I was a bull rider. That's what I did to feed my family and take care. You know, so um, you gotta have you gotta have that mentality to lay everything on the line and not, you know, not take the easy way out. And I see a lot of guys that call ourselves riders, but they take the easy way out more often than not. So I don't know if that answers your question. I There there was a couple of bulls that were a little bit scary, but I don't know. That's what you did for a living, so don't be scared. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cody, I understand that over the, the past dozen years or so, the PBR has seen – a large, in, excuse me, a large increase in Brazilian riders, and they've been rather successful. Uh, eight PBR champions since uh, uh, 2010 have been Brazilian. So, do, what differences do they do they bring to the sport, if any? And, and are there any uh, other cultural groups that we may see succeed in the sports future? Um, I don't think as as a as a whole that we're going to see anybody else, any other cultural group that um comes and dominates like the like the brazilians number one number one the brazilians don't show up here till they're about 24 so they've matured they've ridden a lot of bulls down there they've matured and number two they've lived in true poverty american poverty is i can't get my wi-fi down there they they've got it you know they got to get up and go whatever it is i don't you know they live in the huts you know they live in houses with with dirt floors i mean they they're they understand poverty at a level that no american does and so the they're they're not soft like a lot of the american kids that poverty's you know whatever poverty poverty don't mean anything to americans compared to what so in my mind that's why they've come and done well because they see a way of getting out of poverty and so their, their discipline and their, I mean, they're, they're just, they're here for a reason. And the American boys, a lot of the American boys are, they got cushy lives, I guess. I don't, I don't know how you explain it, but it's just a different deal that they're, they're here for a reason. A lot of the PBR or, you know, a lot of the young American guys are playing a game. They're not, they're not, this isn't life and death. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I know you're working. Do you have time for one more question each? 
I, yeah, I'm fine. I, I'm not working. I'm just sitting in traffic. <laughs> so after nine, after 92, you, you battled a, a, a lot of injuries. Um, how are you able to come back at, at such a high level after that? Well, like I mentioned a minute ago, I, I was a bull rider. It, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a part-time deal for me. That's what I did for a living, you know? And so there was no, um, I guess there was no other option. You know what I'm saying? That That's what I did for a living. And so 93, 94, 95, 96, and 97, I had, I had injuries that kept me from, um, you know, going to the NFR, I, I rode at the PVR finals a couple of those years while I was hurt, but it just wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't at a high level and I battling injuries and stuff. So, um, but, uh, I just, I, I just think that's what I did. That's, I was a bull rider. And so I don't, I can't really pinpoint what made me get back to it a high level other than the fact that that's just what I did. That's what I did. That's what I did for a living. And, um, you know, I quit in 97. I decided I was done because I was tired of getting hurt. So I went to work. I went to work for my buddy framing houses and pouring concrete and roofing houses. And that, that shit made me want to be a bull rider again. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I wasn't, I wasn't really cut out to be a roofer. Right. So it made me, it made me get, get back to it kind of have the right mentality going back into it so um i don't know it's it's you know not that i couldn't do that stuff but just it just kind of spurred me on to go back to riding bulls and so i i went back and rode bulls until i was 38 competitively and then i, I quit that year just because i was past my prime and everybody knew it i guess i guess everybody knew it but me i was left to figure it out it's like <laughs> So I did something about it, but um, anyway, it was time. It was time. Thirty eight's a little long, but I think those. Right. I think right. those years in there where I was hurt kind of, kind of gave me a little bit more longevity than some other guys. So. Uh, same order, Rollo, Kevin, Brian. Cody, you are one of the founding fathers of the PBR. Uh, what collectively made you guys want to uh, make this organization work, and how did it? uh formulate tell us a little bit about that well so there was there was a lot of standalone bull ridings coming along and and uh you know we felt like we didn't have you can't get you can't get insurance as a bull rider if you go into the insurance company and tell them you're a bull rider so there was a lot of guys that were getting on at events that with no insurance and so these these producers were you know making they were making pretty good money doing these events and, and just giving us kind of crumbs. And we felt like they're selling tickets on our name and we have no say in this deal. We, you know, we, so basically there was a, there was an organization called bull riders only. And they, they tried to make everybody sign contracts where basically they, they own the rights to us and I wouldn't sign the contract. I didn't even go to them in, in the first year they had them. And, uh, Cody Lambert asked one time why I didn't go to him. I said, well, I wouldn't sign their contract. And he kind of laughed because a bunch of the other guys didn't sign the contract. I just didn't get along with the guy that was putting it on. And so they, a handful of those guys got together and pretty much told 
uh, bull riders only. If, if I didn't get invited, they weren't coming. And so I think it made us understand we had, we had some power in, in numbers as a collective bargaining, bargaining group. And so that's kind of a part of that. I mean, that's just part of my story of, of how it all came about. But basically, we were just trying to make a living. We were trying to make a better living for ourselves and maybe set something up for the next generation to have it even better. I don't think anybody envisioned what's going on now. And, you know, J.B. Mooney went in $7 million. That's That's incredible. And so we were just trying, just trying to make a better living for ourselves. And uh, we all stuck together and kind of missed some events over, over being uh, – being a group and sticking together and it, it paid off so pretty good story so i want to take you to uh some of your highest point totals was uh when you rode red wolf uh wolfman uh cripple creek promised land squirt which bull was like your most memorable ride um you know there was a bull called pacific bell that he won bull of the year in in uh, 88 and 89 um, I drew him, I drew him about two weeks after he got named the bull of the year the first time in, in 1988 at San Francisco at Cal Palace. And I was the first guy to ride him after he was named bull of the year. And to me, that, that was the first time I was 90 points. And just to me, that stands out in my mind as, as the most memorable type, you know what I'm saying? For me, it was, it was a, uh, you know, it was a, um, I don't even know what you call it. It was, it was something that I, you know, propelled me to the next level in my confidence and in my, you know, my career. So it's a monumental ride for me. You know what I'm saying? That, that was the first time I was 90 points. Um, I got on that bull five times. And that, that was the only time I got a qualified ride on. Um, he, I got a scar on my chin every time I, Every time I uh, shave, I remember Pacific Bell. So, <laughs> but if you're if you're talking about the greatest ride I ever made was on a bull called High Fives at the at the PBR Finals in Denver in uh, 1992. I was I was I was 95 points, and it was it was the the um it was the greatest ride in my mind that I ever that I ever made. So. Um, High Fives was a, a bull, a son of Mr. T, who was a bucking bull of the year. So, um, it is just that, that, that to my, in my mind is the greatest ride I ever made. So there was a lot, of, there was a lot of really good rides, but that, in my mind, that's one. Pacific Bell was your, uh, that was the Grand National in 88, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, so that, that, that's a good story because I was out. I was out for the first half of the year of 88. And so I got a late start. I didn't start riding. I didn't start back riding until um, late May and ended up qualifying at the national or for the national finals at San Francisco, the last rodeo of the year. So that it, there's a lot, there's a lot that that ride really has um, meaning for me, you know, So, Cody, you were the PBR's director of judging for four years, um, and you also served many years on a rules committee. Uh, rider safety has come a long way since your pro riding days. So could you describe some of the changes to rider safety the sport has seen over the years? 
Well, I mean, obviously, it's the 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 vests came into came into play in in the early nineties, probably ninety. I think the first time I ever put a vest on was ninety three, and uh, um, it was, you know, that that right there, it was it really didn't change anything for us, and it was great protection. So it didn't. I got on I got on one bull with a helmet just to. And I, I, I never gave it another chance because I, but these kids nowadays, they, they grow up wearing helmets and, and all kinds of protective padding and stuff like that. So they're, they're accustomed to it. It's, it's not, uh, it's not foreign to them. For me, it was a, I, I would, I wasn't ever going to give a helmet a chance again, <laughs> but I got, I got a few scars on my, on my forehead and my, my chin that if I'd have been wearing a helmet, I might not have, but yeah, the, I think that, I think the main thing is, is just knowing the, the, um, the violence of our sport is, is huge. And for, for that many years, for all of us to go without wearing any kind of protective equipment is a little bit crazy actually, but we didn't know any better. So we're just, we're just being cowboys, you know, figure they could stitch us up if we got, <laughs> If we got we got our chin split, we just go get some stitches. So. <laughs> well, we want to thank the Hall of Fame Hall of Famer Cody Custer. Thank you so much for coming on, Cody. Hey, you bet, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, if you guys if you guys think about it, go look up some stats on Jim Sharp. You guys might change your minds. <laughs> <laughs> will do. Will do. Uh, I'll remind everybody: right. make sure you hit that like and subscribe button and that notification button. We'll see you all next time. Thank you for watching. Have a great day.